Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello, joined alongside Michael Nicely. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com, located in Birmingham. Check out the coffee shops in Birmingham. Go to WeHaveDonuts.com for more information on where you can find these beautiful and delicious donuts, which are also being served at Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Montgomery and Auburn. And there are some new pop-up locations. Go to WeHaveDonuts.com for much more information. Uh, the official donut of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Uh, Michael, uh, Auburn basketball coming off a split week in which it lost to Texas A&M in uh, 81-80 loss, one in which they trailed by 17 points without their best player, Bryce Brown, on the court. And, of course, um, uh, you thought Auburn would be out of luck at that point, but they came storming back, had a chance to win it, actually were up at one point late in the game after being down 17, but lost 81-80. to A&M went on to beat Kentucky by double digits at home, and uh, A&M's in the top 25 once again uh, in the AP poll as a result. Then Auburn went to Georgia, won by 17 points. Georgia's really just depleted it and down at this point. I, I wonder if uh, Mark Fox has longed for this college football, or excuse me, college basketball earth. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Auburn fell two spots in the AP poll, and, and they're out of the top 10 in the coaches' poll. A lot of um, losses among the top 10 teams, and for that fact, the top 25 last week. Were you surprised Auburn dropped two spots, or is that about right? Or because some teams actually moved up. Yeah, a bunch of I mean, well, the top three teams all suffered at least one loss, uh, but all the team, the three teams behind them last week all suffered one loss. So it was interesting that Auburn jumped, uh, fell down a little, especially in the AP poll. They've been behind in the coaches' poll, kind of from the start, from their spot in the AP poll. But it doesn't really matter since uh, the bracket preview they were the first two seed at number five after both those games yeah that's something it's quite that this this disparity between what the selection committee's thinking heck what even the rpi kind of has auburn at um and a lot of these uh, power index polls compared to the human voters i do wonder and I, I hate pulling this card but i do wonder if it's just name brand with Auburn. Yeah. if it's just they don't not a lot of people are watching Auburn on TV because, well, in fact, I mean, Auburn hasn't been on, you know, ESPN or ESPN too much other than, guess what, the Texas A&M game, and they lost that game. They've been on SEC Network a lot, of course, but, you know, not a lot of people nationally outside the SEC are tuning into the SEC Network. So a lot of these voters, they look at scores and don't do anything beyond that. They're not well, really watching it's... games. And it might be about the SEC. You know, I know all the coaches in the SEC are convinced that it's the best thing, you know, ever. But uh, you kind of look at some of the records and maybe some of the kind of who's beating up on who, and you don't necessarily think so. With Kentucky down, you just kind of figure from a national perspective, a conference is down. And I know Bruce Pearl, and I know most of the coaches would disagree with that. But um, there, there's a hard sell, I think, nationally that this conference – you know, they were talking about nine teams or eight teams at one point, and there's just no way right now. Um, so, uh, you know, that could probably contribute to it a, a little bit. Yeah, but you could also say it's it's easy to look and see that the the top one, two, three, three, four teams have separated themselves in the SEC uh, with Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, and then one could argue between Missouri and Alabama. 
uh, and then maybe Kentucky in there as well. Kentucky's had a tough stretch here lately. They've lost three straight games for the first time in the Calipari era. And Auburn, of course, hosts Kentucky on Valentine's Day night, or Valentine's night, um, this Wednesday. Um, that's going to be a very interesting game. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. But I would argue that, you know, Auburn owns wins against um, – other than himself, of course, but two of the next three teams uh, below them in the standings in the SEC, both on the road, by the way, and by double digits at Tennessee and at Missouri. Auburn's yet to go to Florida, but that's coming, um, and that'll be an interesting game. Um, and then, of course, Alabama, that's all one of Auburn's two losses. That game was on the road. Uh, interestingly, Crimson Tide did not have Colin Sexton on the floor, but they won anyway. But here's Auburn at the top of the SEC standings, up by two games with six games remaining, uh, three weeks in the regular season remaining. Um, and this Kentucky game, again, go back to name brand value, seems to be the biggest game of the year at home for Auburn, outside maybe the Alabama game uh, coming up. But that's just hap- that just always happens when Kentucky comes to town. Well, yeah, and, you know, the – it's a Kentucky team that's ironically lost three games in a row. It's the first time in the John Calipario they've lost three games in a row. Pretty impressive uh, that they've avoided that thus far. So they're going to be a team looking to uh, avoid a four-game losing streak and really almost falling out of the, the NCAA tournament picture. Um, they've fallen out completely out of the rankings, um, and they need a win pretty desperately here. Uh, they did not look good against Texas A&M. Um, who could be the hottest team in the conference when it's all said and done by the end of the season. But, um, yeah, Kentucky needs a win here, too. Yeah, um, and they're a team that just – they don't make a lot of threes. Uh, they get cold during some big stretches. And they also look tired sometimes when they're on the court. Watching that A&M game, they were just getting run out, run out of the gym uh, in the second half. Uh, they were not making hustle plays. When shots were not being made, they kind of slowed things down. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. They're their best three point shooter. For example, is Quade green, um, 37.5%, uh, 9.8 points a game. Right. Um, and then Kevin Knox is your leading scorer at 15 points. He's also averaging 5.6 rebounds. I, my, my guess would be, and you talked to Bruce Pearl, uh, on Monday, of course, but Kentucky's a team that size is going to be an issue again for Auburn. And that's something that obviously popped up against Texas A&M and is really the big reason why A&M won that game. So I'm sure there's some concern there going into this one. Yeah, there is. And, you know, Kentucky, look, I mean, their record doesn't show it, but, I mean, they're always going to be one of the most talented teams in the country. I mean, they have talent to beat anybody on any night. And so, you know, they're 17-8 and 6-6. and and But at the same time, I mean, just look at Just look at the trip they made to West Virginia a week or two ago. Yeah. And they won that game. So, you know, they're always capable of uh, not only winning the game, but winning big. And so you can't take them lightly. And, you know, maybe Kentucky comes in. The you know, last time they were here, they lost. Uh, they're going to be a motivated bunch and, and, and play with some fire. It'll be interesting to kind of see, especially how that game starts. Um, you know, Auburn's really, in, in a lot of these SEC games, with a few exceptions, kind of led from start to finish. And, and uh, the, with their three-point shooting, it's hard for teams to kind of catch up. Uh, especially with Kentucky that doesn't shoot the three ball well, uh, I don't think they can afford to kind of get down uh, quickly. 
Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to watch uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, speaking of which, um, former Auburn basketball coach Tony Barbie will be back in town. Um, supposedly now, uh, what was it? Two years ago, they came back to Auburn. Uh, Kentucky did with uh, was supposed to with Tony Barbie, but he wasn't there. Uh, he was recruiting was the explanation that was provided. Uh, I thought it was complete horse hockey. But, oh, uh, yeah, assistant coach doesn't usually do that during the season. It's well, very... the Kentucky beat writers were trying to sell it to me. Like, well, no, that's legit. Like, oh, okay. I know a lot of uh, head coaches in the SEC that go, hey, we're playing an SEC road game uh, in the middle of the week. Why don't you just go ahead and hit the road, go recruiting? Take take some time. Take some time to travel. Now, I know Tony Barbie loves to travel. I mean, he used – uh, Auburn money to go to Australia to recruit once. So, you know, why why not? Why not go travel in the middle of the so, season? Well, you know, and what you're getting at is uh, Bruce Pearl told uh, Auburn fans today, who's asked about him possibly being in the game, and told fans to be classy, said he might even talk to the Auburn jungle, which is the fan section uh, and the leadership, and, and tell them that he wants them to be appropriate. <laughs> which I'm always, you know, telling students to do that. That's always a, not a very... A good sign. Um, but uh, you were around for that uh, part of that era. Um, do fans have a legitimate beef with Tony, or is this more just sour grapes that, you know, former coach playing, you know, coaching for Kentucky? Give us some insight into the Tony, uh, Tony's finish here and, and kind of the way he, things were left. Tony did not handle his uh, tenure here at Auburn very well. Um, not very friendly. Uh, with fans, the media, boosters, um, always made excuses, um, threw some players under the bus uh, on several occasions, even when they were injured. Um, never really showed quite uh, an embrace of the Auburn um, job and what he was given. He was very unorganized based off what I saw firsthand in the year I saw him. Um, uh, There would be days where there would be practices in which the players would show up at a certain time, they were told, and then no one was there. Um, And they'd be like, when's practice? They don't know. Uh, I don't know of anyone else who's ever ever run a Division I basketball program like that. Tony likes to golf. Um, he was a horrible hire. I'll say that right now. And I mean, Bruce could say what he wants and listen, he's going to say that and be classy, but, uh, Auburn fans can do whatever the hell they want. And, uh, if they want to boo the guy, um, he probably deserves it. Because... What I'm getting at, there's some legitimate acrimony from the Auburn side with oh, the fans. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, not... yeah. That's, you know... I, I, it's hard to, when you're not there for, uh, a, you know, a 10 year, yeah, uh, don't get that sense, and so they don't just I, they they don't yeah. not like him because he lost games. There's right. more to that's it. That's what than I'm that. at. There's more to it than that. That's that's what I was asking, and 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 that's legitimate. I mean, look, you part of uh, and what Bruce does so well um, is it's a it's it's a salesman job basically. You're selling a product, and you know you're trying to get the fans to buy in. And gosh, uh, he hasn't won very much prior to this season. I mean, he's won a little bit, but no tournament appearances and you know but he sold he sold himself to the uh 
Auburn faithful and, and they've really bought into him. And so yes. obviously very stark contrast from what came before. Well, it. Oh, very, very different. I mean, Tony, um, Tony thought he was coaching at Kentucky is the way he kind of treated it. But, yeah. at, but, but he almost seemed like he was above the fray. Like he thought he was too good for Auburn um, was kind of the gist you got from him. And then from a media standpoint, listen, media doesn't really matter, but um, I recall a time I was not there at the game, but I was fed this, uh, by another reporter who I worked with at the time. Uh, there was a road game. Uh, Tony didn't want to talk because he, quote, and this here's a very general uh, and common theme in his life, he had to get on a plane and go recruit. So he didn't have time to talk after the game. Um, he was in Starkville, Mississippi. <laughs> so he just didn't like – <laughs> kind of the key part of the job. Yeah, facing you know, the music facing the music yeah. and being accountable, um, you know, yeah. earning your paycheck was one of them. Because even if you're not accountable to the media, if you're accountable to the fans, then, you know, you could do that. Oh, hell no. Tony was uh, bad. He, he, yeah. uh, he, listen, I mean, during his final season or whatever, they spent all kinds of money uh, for their Midnight Madness event or whatever. Well, didn't they spend for two years straight, like the most in recruiting, too? Yes. And ended they, were, up with like, they were like top 15 in the nation spending for recruiting, and boy, did they Ended work. up with like a mishmash of garbage. <laughs> Not to be insulting, but I mean, just the results for well, that and they would, spending. You know, they didn't end up landing anybody. Well, that and they would get players that would get in trouble and have to leave or uh, just never panned out or they would transfer. Um, yeah, it, it was disgusting. It was... Yeah. Tony Barbie like took a job, treated it like it was Kentucky, but acted like he was above it all and spent all this kind of money that Auburn probably should not have been spending on one recruiting. And also, as I was mentioning, the Midnight Madness thing where they brought in, uh, I think, Ludacris, if I recall, and then they brought in some comedian. That's right. Pretty, and pretty they, cool. they spent a lot of money and Auburn would never, never released how much money. They you didn't get the waiver that Ludacris had. That would have been. We should FOIA that now and see if they'll really <laughs> see if they'll it. give it to us. Yeah. They spent a lot of money on it. I mean, they gave they gave Tony all the money in the world to do whatever he wants. So at the end of that last season, they could fire him for good, and he just never did anything. Now, the one moment he showed uh, like humility and realized something was wrong with his communication skills and the way he was handling the job was uh, 45 minutes before he was fired <laughs> when he was speaking to the media, talking about how he, this is why I believe we're going to get it going next season. You know, I know I've made some mistakes, blah, blah, blah. One time he did not run away from questions. In fact, he stood in the hallway there and just kept taking questions, kept taking questions. And even after everybody was done, kind of just stood there like going, anybody else got anything else? Anybody else want to ask, ask a question? Whereas the three, four weeks leading into that, when all the questions were, you know, you feel like your job's on the line here, or how do you feel about your job security? As soon as those questions would come up, he'd walk away. Uh, he'd leave the press conference or he'd leave the practice court um, to get away from the media. And it got to a point where we uh, started asking it as the very last question so we'd be able to get other things. And I started keeping a tally of which way he would exit, left or right. Um, and I can't remember which, but he exited one way every every time except for once. Uh, he went the other way. But anyway, it just became he just became like a joke. He was a yeah. running joke at Auburn during the uh, final month of his uh, tenure here. Never got it going. Was never going to get it going, in my opinion. 
And Bruce Pearl's exactly what they needed. They need a salesman, as you said. And anyway, so I, I say that to say this. If people are booing, if Tony Barbie is at the game, if people are booing, I don't blame him because he really kind of put this program through the ringer those last couple of years on the planes. Do you think he shows up? Um, he should. I mean, I, I'm guessing he will. Uh, he ha- I mean, for if he wants a big consideration, you've you got to stand up and you can't duck it for two years like that. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, if he did that, that would be just completely... Well, it would. I, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I like to give guys the benefit of the doubt until they prove me wrong. And boy, did that guy prove me wrong a lot. Yeah. Um, he, he was just... Uh, uh, I had no idea why he was the coach at an SEC program. Did mm-hmm. well at UTEP, but um, man, that that guy should never coach a big program again. If 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 he unless he's a changed man, he's changed his approach with things. Yeah, I don't see how because he was arrogant to a point. Even with his coaching, he would leave guys in too long to give them a message. He would yank guys without any explanation, um, and then the team would go cold. Even when this player would be hot. Uh, shooting the ball, he would just yank him. I'm telling you, Mike, this I, I I could not explain what he would do on game days. Now, I'm not a coach. I mean, nowhere near it. I don't have the knowledge to coach a basketball team. But the things he did were, like, as a casual fan sitting there, irked everybody. Because it was like, what are you doing? That guy has only played, you know, nine minutes. And he's, he's up to 12 points. And you just yanked him out of the game? Uh, it... it Strange, just strange. But anyway, he uh, holds a piece of paper now on the bench for Kentucky with his uh, old uh, coach and uh, the man who pretty much gave him every job in his life. Yeah, because he worked out. He was with them at Memphis uh, before that. People as an assistant. Yeah, and uh, now he's Kentucky. That's why whenever I'm going on a tangent here. You know, Kenny Payne, who's also an assistant at Kentucky, and, and Tony Barbie, Cal always pushes those guys to be head coaches in the media about once a year. I think the, the last coach he did it was this year was Kenny Payne, and they keep not getting hired. I remember when Mississippi State came open before um, they hired uh, – uh, gosh, I'm already forgetting his name because he was only there for like three years before Ben Howland was there. Anyway, uh, Kenny Payne's name kept getting pushed – and pushed and pushed and uh they interviewed him and within or actually while they were interviewing him at the final four uh in new orleans i believe i got (laughs) a source telling me kenny payne is interviewing with mississippi state right now and so i had something up tweeted something that he is interviewing right now and as soon as that happened uh Let's just say he was out of contention the moment they walked out that that uh, meeting room, because huh. they knew that guy was just love getting his name out there. But anyway, <laughs> that that was a that was a tangent. Yeah, it's just it, it, Cal's guys are interesting. Uh, name a Calipari coach who's been successful. Yeah, you can't find one. Cal's I think Cal's an underrated coach. Now, the guys he has under him, for whatever reason, they just don't pan out. 
They just don't. Well, because you can't replicate what he does to be successful either. Well, that's getting number one recruiting classes every year? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 not easy. No, it's not. But I also think Cal is a good coach. I don't think it's just recruiting. I do think he's a good coach. No, but I'm saying if, if even if he replicated his style of coaching, yeah, yeah. it's hard to replicate his success just because of his unique uh, ability to bring in those classes. Right, right. So all that to say this, fans, do what you want. I know Bruce Pearl wants to keep it classic because Bruce Pearl's. So you're saying UBU. You don't listen to Bruce yeah, Pearl. No, so. I mean. You, you, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. I get it. Yeah. I like it. You were, like it. All right, I'll say this. You were here. Bruce Pearl was not when that all happened. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Bruce Pearl does That's not know true. what it was like. And listen, I don't know what it was like because, one, I'm not a fan. But, two, I was only here for like a year of it. Yeah, uh, I didn't go through all the years, <laughs> right? And, and they had oh, some bad years. I think I think I I appreciate that. I think that's a fair message. It's a counterpoint. It's not throwing Pearl under the bus. Yeah, Pearl, it's, Pearl. Listen, yeah. Pearl's like I get professional he, when it comes. And I to, get what yeah. he's saying. You know, it's like I don't disagree. Well, that but, and he also wants to focus on the game and his players. Right, but at the same time, this is. I mean, it wouldn't be like he's coming for a third time and you're still booing. Then you kind of got to give it up. Right, but, but this will be the first dodged, time. He's dodged it before too. That shows that there's some acrimony on his side, at least, or some. Well, he, you know, he, just sour grape. He, he allegedly was recruiting. Allegedly, uh, ditched out on it the first time. So. I, I do hope he shows up, just so maybe someone can ask him what his handicap is now on the golf course. Just take a walk away to the left or right. Uh the right. I think the right <laughs> is what he usually did. Uh, but it, no, it wasn't right. It was stage right. So okay. actually, to the left, I always did stage right and stage left, well, because his yeah. his career was about to exit stage yeah. stage left. Stage right. Fans can be on the lookout for that. Yeah, um, but he will get booed. He's not going to get applauded. No, I mean. no, there's a and when you tell fans not to boo the, the first reaction, <laughs> I mean that just guarantees it. Well, I mean, listen, some of those some of the students will probably adhere to that, but the fans in the crowd that aren't students, oh, they're gonna. They're the ones paying the money. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if there's any signs. Uh, well, there was two years ago. Yeah, I saw some pictures. I'm yeah. sure there will be maybe some this year. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if if the leadership of the jungle listens to Bruce and then like they take it upon themselves to ask any students who bring signs, hey, let's throw those away. We're not going to do that. Maybe so. But um, yeah, uh, the non-students, oh, they'll they'll boo the moment they see that guy. <laughs> it's gonna happen i mean it just is um, yeah that's what i figured but what it says. anyway this is a huge game uh for auburn just because you want it you don't want to lose to a 500 team in the sec you don't want to lose any ground in the sec race auburn is obviously a legitimate threat to win the sec title i mean they've been on top of the standings here for what how many days have been on top of the standings now uh i guess since the beginning technically yeah, they were tied for the first what four games, and then the, so even the, when they it, lost the one it, game, yeah, they still so, yeah, first, yeah. yeah. So they've been yeah. they've been on top since the beginning of the SEC season. That is something. And uh, ESPN BPI, the Basketball Power Index, gives them about a ninety-two percent chance of winning the regular season title. There's some tough games coming up, and Kentucky's one of them. We said last week was the same thing with A and M coming to Auburn, and this Kentucky game, a lot like A and M. Uh, has me worried a little bit for Auburn's uh, streak here. Um, now, when it comes to Bryce Brown, injured shoulders, 
uh, in the in the A&M game. If he had to say right now he'd play, is he going to play in the Kentucky game? No, he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he'll be affected in any playing defense? Um, You know, maybe there's a player or two where he doesn't – you know, if there's like a chance where he could take a charge, maybe he doesn't take that charge. But Because um, he's an incredible – on the ball defender. He, he looked fine. Uh, I mean, they weren't going full speed today. They were doing a lot of scout team stuff. And, you know, he didn't have any contact, obviously. Um, but unless there's a setback tomorrow, I wouldn't imagine. He, I mean, he was shooting with no no problems. Um, you know, and that's, you know, the Georgia game, they say he was really hurt. Uh, and, you know, we'll take him at their face value, but he didn't need to play that game. Well, some so. of our uh, posters uh, at Auburn Undercover on the body get a message board said that they were there and they could see him grimacing a little bit late during shoot-around Saturday. Yeah. Um, but there was no reason to risk it. It wasn't a game that, that I don't think he needed to play. So this is a game that they want him to play. And he's had, you know, we'll have more, four, four days in between. So um Swelling goes down, feels better. You know that they they got a good training staff, so um, I think he'll be good to go. I think they you think he starts. Oh yeah. Okay. That's my take on it. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So beyond this Kentucky game, Auburn's obviously got six games remaining, including Kentucky. They go on the road to South Carolina Saturday. Uh, then they host Alabama, a huge game a week from Wednesday, and then it's back to back road games: Florida against Ark and into Arkansas, and then. They close the season at home March 3rd against South Carolina. Auburn, of course, this past week in the NCAA Selection Committee gives us a little peek at their thought process going into, like, really the final month of the season. And Auburn was the top number two seed in their top 16 bracket, so to speak. Uh, Auburn, the top number two seed, and ranked them fifth overall, which, as we said previously in the program, higher than the polls, the human polls, and even some of the RPI. Obviously, they see something with Auburn there, and they're rewarding them for what they've done so far. My question uh, to you, Mike, is Auburn's a number two seed right now. Uh, practically everybody's got that like that in their bracket, bracket brackets right now. Um, these six games remaining, if they go through it unscathed, I think Auburn's a two seed, you know, obviously, um, even no matter what happens to the SEC tournament. Now, what if they lose a couple? What what does Auburn have to do here to stay like in the top four seed line? Because those are more favorable matchups, obviously. When you get down to five and below, that's when things start getting dicey in first round games. But four four seed and above, in my opinion, is what Auburn needs wants to get. What do they have to do down the stretch here to make sure they maintain that seed line? You'd think if they go four and two and win a game in the SEC tournament, they'll be a, uh, at least a four, probably a three or better. Uh, if they were to go three and three and lose in the first, in the first, their first game, which would be the second round, obviously they, they've clinched a bye already. Right. Maybe you're talking four or five, but it, it'd probably depend on what everybody else does too. Um, because and you know, cause I mean, there are important games here. I mean, you lose to Florida, Alabama and Kentucky. I mean, your resume is Okay. And you're going to have a lot of wins, but, I mean, you've lost most of your notable games at that point in the conference. And also the committee, I don't know if it's a technically an official thing they do anymore, but they pay attention to what how teams finish. They yeah. Still, they still do. 
And Auburn's biggest games are those games you just mentioned. And if you lose those games, all three of them, so to speak, uh, that's, then you'll that's when you start questioning the resume a little bit as far as maybe being a three seed or two seed. Yeah. And then you'll have gone four and four in your last eight games, too, because you count those last two, uh, you know, last, the last week. So, A&M, yeah. Texas A&M, you know, that was a team that's finally healthy and, and playing well. So, um, but, but, I mean, they've, but they've, they, they're in a good place to have not have to play very well and still be a top three seed. Yeah, Auburn's best uh, win so far this season, if you look at Ken Palm, is at Tennessee. That was way back on January 2nd to open the SEC season, a 10-point win. Tennessee right now is number 11, according to Ken Palm. And I, I go by Ken Palm a lot, guys, just because they do an incredible job with offensive deficient efficiency and keeping track of players and all that stuff. Um, uh, interestingly, Texas A&M is 21. Auburn lost to them, of course. Outside of Tennessee, between Tennessee and today, uh, their next best win was against Missouri on the road. And they're thirty yeah, seventh, yeah. so that's where you start factoring in where is the and Missouri wins. Missouri doesn't have their best player either playing this season. So right, so uh, where, where where where's that biggest win? And now you go into a stretch here where against Kentucky they're number thirty three despite losing three straight games. Alabama's forty three, Florida's twenty six, Arkansas's forty five. So you're talking about a lot of top fifty opponents that Auburn hasn't had to quite face uh, during a big stretch here. Um, I mean, if you look at, at one point after the Tennessee game, uh, these te- the t- next three teams that they faced were 45, 88, 58. Um, mm-hmm. Then there was a stretch, 81, 37, 61, 88, 87. And then they lost to 21 Texas A&M and won at 81 Georgia. This stretch coming up is the toughest of the season. Yeah, It really is. There's no, there's no question. I mean, it's they're going to be judged by that, and you know they could. It's hard to picture them dropping to a five just because of what they've done and what their record will be. They're not going to probably lose those two games to South Carolina. So you know, even two and four, and then you win one in the tournament, you still. I mean, they're 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 going to be up there, but uh, at the same time, it'll be interesting to see. But the committee is obviously thinking differently than the polls too. So how does the committee look at it? We'll have to wait and see. Well, I also think that um, with Auburn being number five where they're at now, that gives them some more room for error than sort of what your give the human polls are giving them, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're if they were in that spot that the human polls had them, they would be in a uh, at risk for dropping further with those losses. But with the you know top two seed, um, you've got some room to fall to be still in the top three or top four seed seeding wise. Going to be interesting to watch. Kentucky game, Wednesday night, 8 p.m., late tip-off. It should still be packed. I mean, it's got to be packed, right? It's got to be packed. It'll be, it'll be sold out. Yeah, I mean, it's already sold out, but it'll be, it'll be a big crowd. It'll be interesting. All right, quick football uh, stuff, especially recruiting. Calvin Anderson, the Rice graduate of offensive tackle, um, visited Auburn over the weekend, came away impressed. No really um, – uh, but have you ever heard a recruit say, gosh, yeah, I'm I know, disappointed? I, I mean, it was just really a disappointing visit. Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I wish I didn't come. They only say that when they're not going to a school and they've already committed to someone. Um, yeah. Which this this guy obviously hasn't yet. Impressive young man, apparently. I mean, the guy can do a Rubik's Cube in like 20 seconds behind his back. I couldn't do one in 20 weeks. What about you? 
No, but there's a trick to it, isn't there? Isn't there like a... I don't know. That's how stupid I am. I don't even know if there's a trick. I, I, I guess I could Google it, but... I think there is a trick, but... Even, even if I knew how to do it, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, smart guy. He's going to land somewhere, uh, you know, as of two, three weeks ago. It looked like Auburn was third in that list. Be interesting to watch. Obviously, he's the last man standing for Auburn in this recruiting class, and then if they can't land him... They might look the graduate transfer route, continue to look down that route. Um, well, both years they've kind of came in with somebody random. It was TJ Neal two years ago and then Wilson Bell the previous year. So true. Uh, there's always somebody kind of that you never expect if they don't fill that spot. So Very uh, true. Um, but neither really contributed heavily, especially Wilson no, Bell. I, I, well, that's what they'd rather have. The, this. I think they'd, if Calvin Harrison, they'd rather have him than having yeah, two cups. Calvin, Calvin's a guy that would, yeah. would contribute. To the backup, backup option, that offensive line, that's never good. So, right. uh, yeah. Uh, softball team's also underway with its season. Started off the, uh, the season perfect, of course. Uh, an interesting story about Tannen Snow uh, and why she sat out last season for Auburn. That's up at auburnundercover.com right now. Battling epilepsy. Uh, can't imagine having to battle that every day. Um, she's kind of worked on it. Obviously seen a lot of doctors and – now she's on the field and had a pretty good weekend um, that was shortened by the rain that was moving through Sunday. They canceled all the games Sunday, but Auburn uh, started the season undefeated. I think their first 27 innings, maybe more, I can't remember, I'm sorry, uh, they uh, held their opponents scoreless. So the pitching is on point at this point early in the season, kind of the way you see it, want to see it. The offense took a while to, uh, to ramp up, but, boy, they exploded for a big game there. Could have scored 20-plus. <laughs> in one game, but softball continuing its way up the top 15, trying to move up further up in the ranks as they uh, obviously go into the second weekend of the season. Baseball is about to be underway. Tanner Burns, the freshman out of Decatur high school, the pitcher um, number one on the baseball America top 50 freshman list. Uh, not too surprising. He was number 38 overall in the baseball America top 500. He wanted to come to Auburn, and play a year instead of being dra- going to the MLB draft and playing uh, professional baseball because he feels like Butch Thompson can help him uh, with his pitching. Butch Thompson, of course, his background is a, as a pitching coach, did an incredible job at Mississippi State there. Uh, I covered him for a few years, did some amazing things there with the pitchers. Uh, really the reason why that program was able to get turned around underneath uh, John Cohen uh, with Butch Thompson as the pitching coach. And, so he's at Auburn. Uh, actually, fell to like thirty seventh, the thirty seventh round. But if he had informed teams, yes, I'm going, I'm going pro, he probably would have been a second round uh, selection. But instead, he's at Auburn. So baseball season gets underway here soon, next week. So uh, this week. So is it this week? I'm mixing up my weeks. This weekend, isn't it? This weekend, um, we're going to be speaking to uh, several, or at least a couple Auburn players. Uh, here this week um, before the Kentucky game, actually, basketball. Um, so, interesting. A lot of a lot of SEC teams in the top 10 and top 15 this year. So, uh, difficult, difficult schedule ahead. Uh, Auburn opens the season this weekend against Longwood. Uh, Three-game series there. And then next week, they do some midweek stuff. Uh, against Georgia State, Troy. So, keep an eye on that. 
as the baseball season's already here. Softball already underway. All right, let's take some listener questions. want to thank everybody for listening. Let's look what we got here as I scroll through Twitter. Uh, McLean asks, I don't know if this is John McLean, Mm. who's the biggest returning sleeper to have a big year on offense and defense? Um, I hope they're not sleeping during the game. That could be dangerous. Uh, This is for football? Yes, football. Actually, it's hockey. Um, You know, Mm. I don't... hmm. Nate Craig Myers. <laughs> I'm not giving up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and TD Moultrie, just because he's going to have to. Is TD really a sleeper, though? He played played a good amount of team, t- team, uh, time, snaps. He played a good amount, which is easy for you to say. Uh, a good amount. Offensive, offensive uh, sleeper. Gosh. Um... Who's even on the team anymore? <laughs> You're already out of football mode. Yeah. Uh, well, they got to have a running back, right? Let's go with uh, let's go with uh, Awesome Martin. Okay. And is there and defensive sleeper as well? Uh, uh yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Nick Coe doesn't count. Um. What about what about Jordan Peters? Does he count? Because he only play he played real limited. Because he he'll start. He'll start probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, him him. Okay. We'll I like that. that. I like that. Uh, Auburn rants ask, how loud will the jungle be Wednesday? I'm going to say 112, yeah. 115 decibels. Loud. It's going to be very loud. Uh, drink local Birmingham. <coughs> <coughs> Yes. Baseball starts Friday. How do you see the Auburn Tigers doing in 2018? I mean, as I said, the SEC is going to be really tough this year, um, especially uh, these road series Auburn has to play this season. I I really don't know. There's a lot of moving parts. Philip Marshall will probably be, be able to answer that better on our message board. Of course, he covers baseball for us. And In fact, we're going to try and start doing here as the basketball season starts – getting down to the crunch time for Auburn, some uh, Auburn Roundtable podcasts where everybody on staff joins the podcast. So we'll uh, look at that question again later down the road. Uh, Ryan Self asks, Hulk or Captain America, my three-year-old son needs help on which he should prefer. Which he should prefer? Yeah, which which of those heroes, Hulk or Captain America, should a three-year-old kid well, Captain America, but three-year-old, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Batman? That was That's not the answer. It's so, always the answer, Batman's always the answer. Uh, okay. I watched Lego Batman the other night, again. How many times have you seen that movie? Like 50? Or at least, oh, or not. how long has it been, on, at least in the background, where you've had to listen to it? I mean, oh, yeah, infinite. But, I mean, I've seen all those kids' movies now yeah. like a billion times. So. I like to fight around. Um, man, this is a long question. I probably should read it before I uh, say it out loud, but here we go. 
CDS with a backfield of six scholarship running backs. Can this be the end of the tunnel for guys like Malik Miller and Devin Barrett? In my opinion, just not guys who are going to help in a drastic way on offense. Asa Martin and Harold Joyner will be the leading rushers by the end. Jertavius Whitlow will be interesting. I, I disagree with that, CD. I I don't see Harold Joyner coming in immediately and contributing. Especially, well, I mean, I mean the, the, if the young guys contribute, somebody's going to lose playing time, and it could be some. You know, you could lose one of those guys at the other season. Um, but I don't know about those guys leading the rushing way. Well, but I, I mean, don't. I don't see Whitlow's more of a uh, uh, gadget guy and more of a person they would use in the running game on sweeps he's not going to be your every down running back but my point is, is if cam martin's say you're leading back and then awesome martin's your number two uh and devin barrett's your guy that you throw to malik miller could be an odd man out and decide to transfer sure there there might be yeah it just but, i'm just saying the way it's, yeah how everything shakes out you could lose but that's how it is everywhere you know and that's how it is yeah have depth so um but I don't know if that's, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that competition shakes out. I think the coaching staff's interested to see how that competition shakes out. Yeah. This spring will be very interesting for that um, if they tackle. Yeah. <clears throat> spring practice, by the way, starts March 1st. Well, it's supposed to be February 27th, but they moved it to March 1st. Um, Eric Bolin, who I believe still works for SEC Country. I don't know. Uh, asks, who was the best athlete in the Farmington High class of 2002? Um, it wasn't me. But one of my buddies responded to that question just now with, if you're looking for a 28-foot game winner in pickup basketball, it's none other than Brandon Marcello. Mm. I agree with that. I had a lot of game winners in uh, college. Not college basketball, but, you know. Pick up basketball. Right. I got what you're Because, <clears throat> you know, I look like an athlete. <laughs> but uh, it's back when I had hair. It's back when I was thinner, athletic, could run full court for about three hours a night. It was good times. Now I uh, don't. But anyway, <laughs> uh, best athlete in class of 2002. I don't remember at my school. If I recall, our 2002 athletic season wasn't very good. The girls' basketball team was winning uh, state championships at the time, but everything uh, men-related at our school was not very good. Who was the best athlete at your school? I don't have any idea. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember yesterday, let alone that far back. Yeah. So. 16 years ago, when did you graduate high school? 2000. 2000. Mm-hmm. So your 20-year anniversary is coming up in two years. That's crazy. It is. It's old. Yeah, I'm old. Well, now that's a good place to end up, so am I just depressed? And start... <laughs> I, think, I think they did like a 10-year anniversary at our school, and three people showed up, <laughs> <laughs> including the two people who organized it. So one person showed. I remember seeing a picture. Uh, oh man, I don't know if I'd ever go back. I don't. Want, no. I don't want people to see what I look like. I mean, people already. I mean, I don't know. I, uh, no. Anyway. Yeah. Anything else? 
Not since last time. Well, because we did a late week podcast, so I haven't had time to see anything. Yeah, me neither. So there you go. That'll do it for the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Big basketball game Wednesday night, Auburn Arena, Auburn versus Kentucky. We'll be there with our Valentine's dates, uh, which is which are our laptops. That's true. Uh, hope you enjoy your Valentine's Day. Don't go too overboard. I know some guys want to go overboard, but you know, do do don't do the bare minimum. But you just do just just enough. Maybe do something like handwritten. You know, because that's stuff mm-hmm. you know the wives and girlfriends like more. I'm not creative enough to think of anything, so. I got nothing. I, I, I'm hoping to remember it exists still. <laughs> Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah. Are you hoping Wednesday comes and goes and she's like, doesn't say anything? I get, yeah. I mean, I, I won't remember. I, I mean, I, if she didn't say anything and I didn't say anything, it probably wouldn't even come up. Yeah. Flowers are so stupid. Waste of money. It is, but I do it every year. It's like buying air. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Well, air you kind of need. Well, you put air in a glass and you look at it. <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm saying. Uh, give that as a gift. It's hit that time of night. So. Yeah, it has. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to go wehavedonuts.com, our sponsor delicious donuts and make sure you go to auburnundercover.com for delicious coverage of auburn athletics